This is episode 51 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is the founder of Aaron Diamond Fitness and co-host of the Flow State of Mind podcast, Aaron Diamond. Let's get it started. Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Really excited to have you here for episode 51. So we've tipped the scales on the uh, on the way to 100 um, and have a really awesome guest today in the likes of Aaron Diamond. Um, I came across Aaron online uh, a while back, and I, a couple things about Aaron that I think are really cool. One is obviously the fact of where she came from and kind of starting out her fitness you know, journey as a little side hustle and then kind of growing it into a full-time gig. Obviously, that's something really neat. I'm always appreciative to hear people that are doing that and sharing their story. And then secondly, you know, she puts herself out there a lot online, shares a lot of things, very vulnerable. And I think that's such a big need nowadays um, to help others that maybe you know, don't have that voice or don't want to share that voice, but still need some advice or insight from others that they may not get in their you know, day-to-day interactions. So um, Aaron uh, can be found online at Aaron Diamond Fitness on Instagram. And her name is spelled E-R-I-N-D-I-M-O-N-D. So go check her out there. She's got some great content I think you guys will enjoy. Okay, so who's ready to get into it? Let's not waste any more time. And let's jump into my chat today with Aaron Diamond. Let's get it started. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about your journey. I've been following you a little bit on uh, Instagram for a while and, you know, kind of excited to hear how your career has progressed. Um, and I want to take a step back, as, as I always like to do, because I'm always curious about that inception point of kind of what you're doing now, how that relates to maybe some things you're doing earlier in life. And, you know, in doing some research, I found that, and I'm, I'm curious if this was the point or was it before, if you can start there around your decision to start a half marathon at Ohio State, was that the first part where fitness became part of your life or did you have some stuff before that that kind of prompted it? Yeah, no, that I think that was absolutely it. If, I have, if I'm talking about fitness and pointing to that, it started with that and it started as one of those things that just kind of helped me gain confidence where it was like a, a pipe dream and I said, well, that'd be cool, but I've never even run more than three miles. And Get, just getting over that barrier and getting over some limiting beliefs and just kind of starting to train myself that I can pretty much do anything I put my mind to. And that was kind of the first avenue for that. It was that, I mean, did you have a lot of discipline or work ethic earlier in life that helped? Because that, that's a tough thing to do to train for a half marathon, just having to get out of bed and do it. What, what prompted maybe that, or what maybe made you confident that you could do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I have always been a hard worker. I've always Starting from a pretty early age, I learned that, you know, the harder I worked, the more that I could get. And later on now into my entrepreneurial journey, I've had to kind of retrain that of it's not always about working harder. Um, but I did see a lot, you know, just with working a lot of odd jobs and things when I was 16 to 21. And I got to this point where I was shifting into my career. And I think I knew the path that I was following was something that wasn't super fulfilling. And it was like my first 
salary job where I, that mentality of the harder I work, the more I get wasn't true anymore. So I think I needed another outlet for that. So I said, you know, where else can I work hard? And I just started working towards like more athletic type goals. And how did it transition from half, it was half marathon. One thing I know a lot of people that say, Hey, I'm going to train for half marathon. They do it. And then they, they kind of go back. You decided to continue that transition and, and started doing weight training. And then obviously we'll talk about the competition stuff. Why did you want to keep going with that? Why, why did you, you saw that next level and just said, Hey, this is, this is it for me. Was that the the kind of mindset? Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll hear a lot of marathon runners talk about the like post marathon blues and with, so I had, I had done that around the same exact time I graduated college. So I was in this point in a career that I didn't love. I didn't really have any other outlet. And I was either, I had two choices. I feel like I either could just, okay, this is my new life. And there's nothing about it that really excites me or challenges me anymore. Um, or I could find new things to challenge me. And I, I'm one of those people that, I'll get into trouble if I don't have things that challenge me in a good way. So I was like, all right, I can either take this route of really working on the next levels. And that's kind of where I got into competing. Um, I knew probably one other girl at the time, because this was 2012, and competing in bikini, the bikini division had just started. So I did figure, even though I was probably like, my physique is more bikini. Um, but back then people made fun of the bikini division and it wasn't a real thing. And I knew one other girl who had done it. And I kind of said, well, that looks like a cool next challenge. I'm, I'm going to do that. So just, you know, similar in preparation in terms of you have a like 12 to 16 week structure that you're following. It gives you a lot of structure and discipline. And I just kind of ran with that and told myself this was going to be the next thing. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> um, but it was just a really great avenue for that discipline, that energy and that fulfillment. And again, just a way to build confidence. I always tell my clients like, or any, you know, anybody who reaches out to me on social media or anything, um, if you're looking to build confidence, start by keeping promises to yourself. And I'm so biased in the regard of, that starts with fitness. Like what else can you do every single day when, as it comes to, you know, eating a meal, like there, there, there you go. There's five small wins in a day or getting to the gym. And that just gains a lot of confidence, momentum in yourself. I love you. I love how you put it like that. That's you're exactly right. That's such a simple thing you can do each day. And, and, and it's more about those choices, right? You make those choices each meal, each day you show up. So for sure. So with the, give me a little insight. I'm more, I'm just a curious guy. So into the fitness, um, the, uh, the figure competition, how, how did you prepare for that? Was that like, what were the gym sessions? Like, what were, how did you uh, eat your meals? Like, how was that set up? I'm just curious what you have to yeah. do to prepare for that. So I wish I knew then what I know, what I know now, because <laughs> the way that I did it back then is nothing like what I would do now, but this was before, like I said before, it was mainstream, before anybody on social media was really doing it. So I had no point of reference. I took a plan from a coach and I followed it. So I, back then, pretty much stuck to about seven foods. <laughs> I ate chicken, tuna, tilapia, sweet potato, veggies, and almonds, and that was about it. Um, I didn't really, I just hadn't educated myself on macronutrients or energy balance or really how any of this works. So I just took a plan from a coach. I followed it like a little soldier. I got really great results. I 
messed with my metabolism and hormones in the process. <laughs> and then this is a, such a common story, I feel like with women I work with, but then finally I said, okay, there has to be a different way and started diving into stuff from like Lane Norton and Eric Helms and understanding macronutrients and energy balance and really how your body is supposed to work and how, like what fat loss comes down to. Um, so back then, and really, you know, you, you asked what, what are gym sessions like? It's primarily diet. Um, I didn't do much differently in the gym aside from a lot of cardio, which again, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have been burning myself out on two hours a day of cardio sessions back then. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. Pretty brutal for the most part. And I, I could do it in a much healthier way now towards the end of my competing season in 2014, I got a lot smarter. Well, so from going from the, the competition side of things, so obviously you, I mean, in essence, you had a side hustle is how you started your fitness uh, coaching. Is that right? You kind of were doing it at night after the, uh, uh, after your full-time job. How did you get into, how, how did you want to, because coaching, a, I used to do that in the, in the past, uh, you know, coaching golf and, and, and teaching folks, and you have to have a certain mentality for that. Why did you want to coach versus just kind of doing it yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think it just kind of fell in my lap. Um, I We have a program called IFCA where now we teach online fitness coaches how to get their businesses off the ground and all, you know, how to put the structure in place and all the business principles they really need. And I always tell them, just start showing up. The market's going to tell you when you're ready. The market's going to start demanding it. And that's what I did. Like, it was kind of an incidental business where I started just documenting my own journey. I was doing it completely for myself. I was just talking about what I was eating and what I was doing and what my goals were. And part of that was because, like I said, no one else was really doing it. I didn't have a friend to talk to. So this was essentially like my journal and I was just putting it out there. People started following along, um, getting inspired by it and then asking, Hey, can you help me not even help me do the same, but like, Hey, if you can get yourself in that kind of condition, you can probably help me lose 10 pounds. So people start reaching out. And I think my passion for it really ignited when people would reach out and tell me just the crazy stuff they were doing. And I started to realize just how uneducated the general population is when it comes to fat loss. So I just started to really feel like, okay, I have more, a lot more knowledge than these people. I need to do something to help. And I just really, it was like a puzzle that I felt like I needed to put together. Little did I know six years later, this puzzle has 40 million pieces and I'm still putting it together. What, how did you get the first uh, few clients that you work with? Um, really? So that kind of started, um, with documenting my journey and I, my very first like clients, I guess you could say, I took group fitness classes <clears throat> and the owner of the small studio came up to me and said, um, Hey, would you want to teach here? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I can't, I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you look the part, you come to all the classes, you make friends here. He's like, we just really need someone like that. He's like, I'll show you how to get certified. Um, he had a junior certification online. He's like, go get insurance. I'm like, okay. And he just put me in front of the class. He's like, you're going to teach kickboxing. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, go to Google. Like, how do you teach? What's, what's kickboxing? You know, what, what are kickboxing routines? Put together a little routine, uh, did it in front of that class. And then just document it, put it on social media, talked about it, 
Um, I had people asking to come to my classes, would tell them where the classes were. And then I started having people ask me to train them privately. I said, well, I've never trained anyone privately, but sure, let's, let's try that. And it literally was like running to literature that I could find, going to Google, just figuring it out. And then from there is kind of how the online business formed, where people started saying, oh, I'd love for you to train me, but I live here. And I said, well, we can figure that out too. So I think every step of the way was just kind of like, oh, well, that seems like an opportunity. Let's let's figure out how to make it work. Was Google your best friend back then? Did you have some mentors that kind of gave you some guidance on starting a business and and all the things, all the little things that go into that? I did not back then. I really did not meet my first mentor until about two years ago. And I kind of, like I said, all of it was kind of incidental back then when I discovered the power of mentorship and like, that was really like 2016. That's kind of where I exploded through a ceiling. And I was like, wow, there's other people out there who think like this. That's when I discovered podcasts. That's when I just kind of opened Pandora's box to other people. But for the longest time from 2012 to 2016, I was just kind of on my own with figuring it out. So I'm curious when you got one, when did you feel like you had this enough where you can do it full time where you said, Hey, I can actually quit my job. And then as a part B, tell me about the self-talk that went through to actually the days leading up to quitting the job. Cause I think a lot of folks go through that same struggle of wanting to go out and do something they're passionate about, but you know, they still have that hold on of, Hey, this is a safe, you know, a safe job I can stay at. Yeah. I think so much of that comes from, I think a lot of that comes from your childhood and how you're treated as a child. I, you know, if I have one superpower, it's just been that I think I can do anything. I like, if I see an opportunity, I'm, I was just, I immediately go to, well, I can figure that out. Um, and in working with a lot of people, I've kind of, you know, usually, you know, your superpower is the one thing that you're like, doesn't everyone think that way? But with working with a lot of people, I realize that's kind of their block. They'll see, see that and be like, well, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know who would ever do that rather than think of it from perspective of like, all right, I don't know how to do that, but I can figure it out. So that was kind of always my mentality. And that, that totally comes back to my childhood where my mom, Anything I would say to my mom, she had no idea if she was doing this, but anything I would say to her, she'd be like, you'll probably have that. You'll probably do that. And I think it, I think it came from a really naive place. Like I said, I don't think she was doing intentionally. She um, herself, like, had, you know, never started a business. She's a stay-at-home mom for years. She just believed in me so much. And as a kid, hearing those things, I would look at her like, okay, I will have that mansion that I just pointed at, or I will do this, or I will do that. So I think I've just kind of always had this kind of inherent belief in myself. Um, it was definitely still hard and you definitely still have those thoughts and things that creep in. But when it came to leaving that job, I remember kind of the defining moment um, where I had worked super hard for a year and I had taken this um, government bill, really learned the ins and outs of it, made the company a bunch of money by learning it and teaching it to our clients uh, because it reimbursed our clients with a lot of money, yada, yada. And I remember them just telling me over and over and over, you're going to, this is going to pay off so big. You're going to be compensated for this. And during that time, I was also building my side hustle. And I remember when they like, when I had my review and they told me what I was going to be compensated, it was like a joke. It was a slap in the face. And that was kind of a big realization of, all right, if you follow this career path, 
this this is how you're going to be rewarded for things that you do. Again, the amount that you work is not going to, you know, you have no control over this. And I, I really like to be a hard worker. So I just kind of said, I'm going to do something where I can have complete control. And that was kind of the final straw of, all right, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm just going to leave now. What do you find is the biggest, um, I, I guess it's the biggest struggle with the business. Like what, what's the hardest thing for you to, to do day in, day out with it? Um, with, with what? With your, with the, with the coaching business. Like what, is there a, something that you, you struggle with each and every day, things you're trying to like, maybe it's the marketing side or business aspect, or I'm just curious, what do you find the biggest struggle or hurdle that you have to go through? And it could be maybe not now, maybe it's in those early days as well. If you, if you yeah. pick us. So now man, I'm in a good spot with my coaching business now. It was, I would say two years ago, it was delegation, um, finding good assistant coaches and finding good people that I trust. And I'm in a really good spot there. Now I think it's just more managing an organization rather than managing myself in a job. Like really, I have a couple of books on my nightstand, The Advantage that I'm planning to dive into next. Um, That's all about or managing an organization and creating the vision for your people and just keeping everybody excited and on board. So that's probably my next biggest struggle. And is there any recommendation you'd give? So let, let's say someone called you up tomorrow and said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe starting my own business or doing some, any maybe thing to guide them or something to guide them away from just from your, what you've learned, kind of some methods or, or you know, practices that you've learned over the years. I think if it's starting with, like, I want to start my own business, that's going to be tough if it's not like, hey, I have this idea or I have a problem that I want to be solved. Because I think most businesses come from you either someone's already doing something, but they're not doing it good enough, or you know you could do it better, or you see a problem that just isn't solved yet. And I think that's the only way that you're going to get yourself in the trenches and really be like, I need to figure this out. I need to figure this out. With our IFCA students, a lot of times they'll come to me with such a simple problem and they'll get upset with me because I'm like, I'm not hopping on a call with you over that. Um, Because I think so much of the process is banging your head against the wall until you figure it out because that it teaches resourcefulness. It, it like, if you have someone there to pick you up, it stifles the creative process. So if you're coming from a place where it's just, I would just want to start a business, sit down and really consider like what you're passionate about and what problem do you want to solve? Because it's that problem solving that's really going to drive you to like work the late nights, do all the things that are uncomfortable. Yeah, that's great advice. That, yeah, that goes back to a lot of, um, and it's funny, a lot of folks I've had on the podcast have, have said similar things, almost yeah, that scratch your own itch, you know, something mm-hmm. that maybe you want to solve. Um Great book out there by uh, the founders of Basecamp, uh, Rework, um, actually, for anyone listening. Um, there, and there's others, too, um, that have in a similar ballpark of that, that kind of talk about kind of starting kind of with the uh, the bootstrap type of mentality, but trying to solve that problem. So yeah. I'm glad, glad you brought that up. You mentioned something earlier about the the book. Um, I wanted to go back to the sitting on your uh, your your dresser there or your nightstand. Do you, do you have certain... Um, goals, um, and, and they could be daily goals, maybe routines or habits that you try to make sure you hit each and every day. That's kind of important for you. Anything that kind of helps you stay structured, maybe it's some time management things that you do if you're swamped throughout the day. Yeah, there's a couple. And anytime I get away from them, 
I, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so mine, I need to, I, I'm a fairly energy sensitive person and I know that. And I need, I know that first thing in the morning, I need to take a little bit of time for myself. Um, whether it's doing cardio to kind of get in the right headspace, take my dogs for a walk, get my workout in first thing in the morning, um, any of those things. <clears throat> and then also planning my next day, the night before every single day, having it in my calendar, knowing what I'm working on when, and before I go to bed, having that there, that helps me so much. What, you mentioned the, uh, I think it was an advantage. Was that the book you mentioned? It is. I haven't even opened the front cover yet. Is there any other, and I don't, and I don't know how you get your kind of gain knowledge as it books or it could be podcasts or anything, anything you'd recommend for folks out there. And it could be business related or it could be some other stuff that you just enjoy. I'm just, I'm curious what's in your head, what you kind of like to listen to or, or absorb. Yeah. The book that I've gifted the absolute most is, um, man, thoughts are escaping me right now is A War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I think that's a really, really great book for anybody who, because it's, it's all about resistance and resistance is essentially procrastination and a million ways that things show up and fight against the thing that's uncomfortable and that you don't want to do. And I think that's so great, especially for entrepreneurs. I give that book to so many people. Um, Another one that I am just a huge fan of, I, I, I just love Russell Brunson. I'm kind of a marketing nerd and Expert Secrets is really excellent for every single entrepreneur. It's very easy to read. Um, I mean, Russell Brunson's probably one of the top marketers in the world, uh, creator and owner of ClickFunnels. And so he breaks that things down very simply in terms of marketing and getting through to people. And any any person who has a successful business or a su successful solution or product really deserves to be a good marketer. Because if you have these things, but you don't have a good way of getting it out to the masses, you, I mean, there's, you have no way of helping people. So like really, really learning marketing and sales is one of the best things that you can do. So that's a great book. I'm going to take a slight tangent. We're going to go off the road slightly because I want to, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm actually curious to pick your brain on a couple things um, outside of fitness related. One is going online and the vulnerability it takes to get yourself out there to share your story. Can you, can you talk about that journey a little bit? Was that easy for you to do or was that a lot more difficult kind of going along that process? Um, I'm finding that it's been easier for me than, than it is for a lot of people now that, you know, I'm working with people and helping them through it. Um, Cause for me, it just started with such pure intentions. It was started as, like I said, kind of my journal and just writing whatever. And it was like how I would talk to my best friend or how I literally how I would write in my journal. And I just kind of, I mean, I started doing that when I had a hundred followers on Instagram and I just kind of always kept with it. And Obviously, it helped that the more vulnerable I'd get, the more positive feedback I would get about it. Um, and I think I started at a good time where I never thought, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable in social media so that I can gain trust so that people buy my things. It just so happens it works that way. <laughs> but I think I just started it in such an organic way that it wasn't that hard. But I do work with so many clients who have such a hard time. And my advice to them is just that. We're on social media for the human connection. 
Um, we have the internet. We can look up absolutely anything that we want. Social media has the purpose of actually cl- connecting to human experiences. So whether people know it or not, they want to hear the real stuff that's going on in your life. They want to hear the struggles. They want to see all of that. They feel so much more connected to you and they do trust you. And like I said, once people know, love and trust you, then they're more inclined to buy your products and services. So it's literally the best thing that you can do. And I understand it can be hard and scary, but that's really kind of your own, your own resistance and your own thing that you need to overcome because it's going to help so many more people. Yeah, and, and I also want to talk a little bit about, um, well, before, so I want to talk about the podcast a little bit. So let's take a step back though, before that, let's talk about Jordan a little bit and, sure. uh, and what's going So I, how long have you known him? When did you meet him? Tell me a little about that backstory. Cause obviously you guys are obviously a lot online together with the, with the podcast and other stuff. So I'm just kind of curious the backstory there. And, uh, cause, cause I think that's a, a, a good story from where you came from a few years ago, at least from what I've saw online. Definitely. Yeah. So Jordan and I have been dating for close coming up on two years. And when I met him, I was in the middle of a divorce. Absolutely was not in a position for a relationship. Um, But I was in a huge position of self growth. Like I told you, I met my first mentor in 2016. And I was looking into masterminds, I was reading podcasts, I was on this big like self discovery period. And I met him and I'm like, wow, this, this guy, I want to keep him in my life. He is so smart. He is constantly teaching. He just, you know, has a lot of experiences and stuff, but said like, there's absolutely no way I would date him. <laughs> and the more like we, he was around just kind of the more energy he gave me and vice versa. And we always say, even now, like, had we never started dating, we would have found a way to become business partners on something because we just, we think so much alike um, and everything. And we really complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. So it's been nothing but a great experience working with him coming from somebody who it was the worst experience ever in the past working with a significant other. So I'm very blessed to have him. And we just, we, like I said, really complement each other in our own strengths and weaknesses. Was that more kind of some serendipity involved of how you guys met or did you get introduced with mutual friends or how did that, how did that happen? So um, I'm a huge pit bull advocate advocate. I have a pit bull and I have another mutt and he had just gotten a little pit mix um, was nine months old, was really adorable. So he suckered me in with the dog play date. I couldn't say no to the dog. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a nice tip. I like that. Uh-huh. Good, good for him. Yeah, there you go. Um, and we're, we're pro pit bull here on the podcast. I absolutely love pit bulls. And awesome. uh, my, my brother does a lot of work and uh, his wife with the American pit bull foundation in Charlotte. And, um, oh, so yeah, some really neat stuff. So yeah, they're, they're, they're an awesome, um, a very regal creature, as I like to say. So, <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about the podcast a little bit flow state of mind. When, when did that idea start? Why did you guys want to start that? Cause I'm curious about, you know, cause I think you guys are, it's about almost 50 episodes in, is that right? Yeah, um, I think something so. Like that. So tell me a little bit about the inception of that. Why was it important to do the podcast and, and kind of share a story that way? Well, it was kind of, that really all came together. This was something that podcast kind of changed Jordan and I, both of our lives. Um, he went through a period around right around the same time, well, kind of before me in 2016, where he moved to a new city, he was alone a lot. He was on this big self-discovery journey before meeting me. And he said for 12 hours a day, he would just have headphones in, 
listening to the podcast. Um, he really didn't have any friends in this new city. He didn't talk to a lot of people. He, so like, as silly as it sounds, like you, these, the thoughts of other people on podcasts, they kind of become your friends. They kind of become the thoughts that shape you. And he always said, you know, I would love to do that myself. And then when I met him, I had solely been on Instagram. I was hiding behind a computer. I was writing all of my captions. I told myself, I'm an introvert. I'm a good writer. This is my platform and this is my means to the world. And I'd been, I'd done really well at it. So I was like, this is my comfort zone and this is where I'm staying. And then in meeting him, he was kind of like, no, you're going to start talking in front of people. You have so much to say. Like our conversations are so great. What if we just start recording conversations between you and I? And then I'm like, well, you know, it would be kind of, I've never told anyone this, but I always thought it'd be cool to start a podcast. He's like, I've always wanted to do that. And so the name was just came about by us kind of brainstorming of we're like, you know, we don't want it to be just fitness specific because he and I are both so much more dimensional than that. We don't want it to be just about business either. So we said, what if we called it, you know, what if we had something to do with like with flow state and just interviewed people about whatever they were passionate about and that could go anywhere. Um, so let's talk about, you know, literally anything. Cause when someone's really passionate about what they're doing and when they find their flow, you can listen to about, about it for days. I mean, they could be talking about edging my lawn and if they're super passionate about it I'm like this is really cool this is cool to hear you talk about so that's kind of where the name came about and we need to do a better job of getting episodes with just him and I because that was kind of the whole premise but we have had so many amazing guests and we just keep putting guests on the book so it's been a really awesome platform to just share people in our network with the rest of our audiences and the podcast has probably been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done because I've had such influence on Instagram through fitness. And I obviously talk about a lot of mindset related things in there. I talk about my relationship. I talk about other dimensions of my life, but with the podcast, as you know, you can just go so much deeper. So when I get messages, like people reaching out to me saying, Hey, you know, you talked about your strategy to pay off your student loans. And I just did that. And I'm on my way to paying them off. Like, that's the next level of influence and things that like I would have never made an Instagram post about. And if I had, you know, who would have actually sat and listened? So it, that for me has been one of the most fun things I've ever done. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously I do a podcast. I'm very bullish on the audio and, and just the way people listen. Well, same to, to kind of what Jordan was doing. That's kind of, you know, a, a lot myself is I like to listen to a lot, you know, kind of put the headphones in, listen to a lot of different types of podcasts that kind of learning across a variety of, of things versus just, head down in like you're saying fitness or business or something, being yeah. able to do a variety of stuff. And there's so much great content out there that can be very niche. And, and that's why I think it's a great platform. So yeah, it's Absolutely. really cool. I've listened to a couple episodes you guys are doing. Um, it's good. And I, like I said, I, I always like to listen to different folks. So uh, keep up the good work. Um, on Thank that. you. What, what do you guys have? What, what are you excited about maybe the next six months, a year, anything with the business that you're looking to achieve or accomplish or just kind of steady head down business as usual? Um, anything to share? We always have something new. <laughs> um, so our newest right now, um, we're, we kind of are alternating two exciting things that we're working on. So right now we have a launch of our fitness program, which is Jordan and I together. And we have five assistant coaches or four assistant coaches in there with us. Um, we have an entire community. So it's called Transform Together. We launched this in January for our first round. We initially kind of said, it'd be something, it's going to be something we do once a year at the beginning of the year, just to really like get people to 
head up their fitness efforts at that time of the year. And the results were unlike anything I've ever seen in my six years of coaching. And I think the added piece there was the extra accountability and support and the community that we really lumped these people into. So we're launching that again, which is super exciting in actually in six days, five days. Um, and so I'm excited to get a whole another round of people in there. And really our, our mission with that is to educate people. Um, it's a 90 day program and then people continue monthly and it's like the anti challenge. You know, there are so many fitness challenges and I've always said, I'm never, ever going to do a fitness challenge because people don't learn anything. It's, we might as well call them crash diets. They, they're, they end up in a worse spot than what they were. And so we kind of have marketed this as like the anti challenge where we actually really educate you on sustainable results. So um, we hop in every single day and do a Facebook Live on various topics to educate. We do weekly FaceTime calls. We just do so much to really teach these people, like, why they're doing what they're doing. And on we're just on a mission to make sure they have sustainable results. So that's super exciting. And then the other thing that's always in the works is IFCA, which is our Impact Fitness Coaching Academy, where we teach fitness coaches basically how to get clients, how to market, how to scale their businesses and make this a full-time income, essentially. Uh, you know, I'm curious, actually, this made me think of something I was going to ask earlier that, that jogged my memory. Why did you guys decide to go? Because because conventional wisdom is, hey, we, I've been you know teaching just individuals on how to improve their fitness and nutrition, all that, and keep going down that route. Why did you decide to go also the route of coaching coaches, basically? Where did that idea come from? Why did, why did you think that would be um, something you'd like to do? Yeah, it was another one of those things that just kind of fell in my lap. You know, as I documented my fitness journey, people kind of asked, how'd you do that? As I grew more and more in my business, I had so many coaches coming to me at, asking questions here and there. And it started with just providing some free email tips, a free Facebook group, a lot of stuff here and there. And it wasn't until I had my first few people reach out and say, like, no, will you mentor me? And I'm like, well, I don't know what that looks like. I have to, I have to throw something together. Did I really start thinking about the best possible way to do that? And I just, I love business. I love marketing. I really love strategizing on ways to change. And there are just so many good coaches out there who just suffer in their marketing, suffer in getting their message out. We have a guy in our program right now who's a PhD and a professor, and he, I mean, so brilliant, so much content. And I'm like, more people need to know about you. You can change so many lives. So I'm just really passionate about getting those who have a really good thing to offer, like teaching them how to get it out to more people and actually make money doing it. And that's the other thing. You can certainly change people's lives through fitness. And if somebody loses 50 pounds and has a whole like new confidence and respect for themselves, but when you can help somebody like, you know, allow their husband to quit their job, like we had a girl, I got a text the other day from one of our members who said, you know what, I'm never going to have to move again based off of my husband's job. Now, now I can decide where we live. Like that's really how you can change somebody's life. So it's so rewarding for me to get that kind of feedback from people to know that, because I know how it changed my life to do what I love to do every single day and be so passionate about it and not have to be in a career that I hate. And it's just so much fun to help other people get there. So you, you put yourself out there online, very vulnerable. So I'm, so I'm curious about this question I'm going to ask you here. And you can take a few seconds to think about it. I'm not trying to stump you. 
What's one, <laughs> what's one thing that someone would be surprised to know about you? Maybe besides Jordan or some of your inner, inner family that might know. What's like something that maybe you never share? Someone would be surprised to know about you. A little extra nugget. Man, that's such a good question. I feel like I do put so much out there. Um, like everything that keeps popping to mind, I'm like, uh, people probably know, probably already know that. And um, if not, that's okay. If someone, if it's something that you've shared before, but maybe a lot of people wouldn't know. And my goal is not to stump people with this, but I'm always curious because a lot <laughs> no, of, you know, there's some really stuff that some question. random, yeah, some random, you know, random thing that, you know, you're like, man, yeah. I do this, but no one knows I do this. Man, I might have to think on that one for a minute. That's that's a great question. And I just, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's like that, that I haven't really shared. Okay, that's fine. Like I said, I, I'm not, the goal is not to stump. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I didn't know if some random like hidden thing, like, oh yeah, I do this and well, it's, there's it's one quirky thing, or whatever. Yeah, there, here's one thing that I have shared, but I think it's like, it's like my, the hardest thing I probably ever had to share. Um, so if like people haven't heard it or didn't know and you can't tell. So I shared about um, a lot of hair loss I was having last year and the amount of DMs that I received from other women dealing with that and people, people who came to me and were like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that in public. And it's like, you know, it's genetic hair loss that, that men get. And for a woman to like talk about it, it's like such this thing of like, wow, I can't, I can't even believe you would do that. But I've also had so many people tell me too, that they've really like found their strength through me and like me sharing that story. And as hard as like that was to like, cause that's probably like my biggest insecurity, if I'm being honest and to share that, to just like make yourself naked on social media, to show your biggest insecurity is really so liberating because you realize how many people are like, oh, that's it. And I think when it's ourselves, we, we feel so like, oh my God, like this thing is so terrible, but when you bring it up to other people and they're like, oh, really? That thing? Um, it really just, it takes all of those away. So if there's a lesson wrapped up in that, whatever you're so worried about, um, Mark Mark Manson in his book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving, I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. You can, you, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I, I, we know the book, yeah. I, I, okay. We know the book. Um, he talks about that. He talks about how we're, you know, we're so self-absorbed, we're so self-centered. Like he gives the example of walking on an airplane and you're, you're thinking like, oh, these people are looking at me. Like I used to feel that way. I used to think, oh, this lady like notices that like, like she, like she cares about my hair loss. Like she's seeing this. People don't care. People do not care about you as much as you care about you. And I think that's one big thing I got over within the last year with any insecurity by just putting it online and being like, look, I'm uncomfortable with this. And everyone's like, Oh, no one cares, Aaron. <laughs> well, I think it, it also, again, helps empower people maybe because, you know, if, if there's a hundred people that are thinking the same thing, but they're just maybe nervous about to ask and you're the one that actually promotes that and says, Hey, this is okay. Hey, if it helps one person. Right. I mean, it's, that's, that's a huge thing. So um, where can everyone find you online? Um, Instagram is the main spot, Aaron Diamond Fitness, and it's just diamond without an A. So D-I-M-O-N-D. Okay. Last thing here I want to ask you. And so, because again, the, the kind of the just get started mindset, this whole, it's so interesting to me where if we, if we look back again, as you were in college or before that, you could have never imagined you're doing this today, right? It was never in your mind, right? So kind of all those things that you've went through over the last, you know, number of years, 
as kind of a, I'd like to say kind of this open forum lasting impression here, is there any advice that you live by each day? Is there a quote that you know kind of carries you or a couple of them? Any insight or advice you'd share uh, with the listeners that kind of end on um, that's maybe been important to you throughout this journey? I think the first one is the one that I just mentioned is people don't care about you as much as you think they do. People aren't reading into things as much as you think. Like the less you can like really care about what other people think, the more successful that you're going to be. And I really think that's always kind of been an advantage of mine from the very beginning. Like I said, I just, I thought I could do it. And I kind of, I started to really like take pride in, in kind of developing this identity of people being like, oh, Erin's crazy. She'll probably do it. And where I think other people are like, that's a bad thing. So the less you can care about others' opinions, the better. <laughs> Aaron, this is awesome. I, uh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast and chatting through some of this stuff and kind of navigating through your journey a little bit and uh, really excited and uh, um, really, really appreciative. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. You're, you're a great interviewer. These were some really good questions that you might catch on Flow State of Mind. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode or have been enjoying others along the way. Um, and if you don't mind, it'll really mean a lot if you guys head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, give me a rating on there. Um, I certainly appreciate that feedback to make this podcast better each and every episode. Um, and please connect with me online. Instagram's probably the best, um, at Brian Andreco. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O. Or go ahead and check out my website, brianandreco.com. That's where I house a ton of random crap like the podcast and my CrossFit journey and a variety of other blog articles. Um, and sign up for my newsletter. Be sending a little bit of uh, inspiration each and every week that uh, may be useful for you. So I certainly appreciate guys listening in. Thanks again. I hope you have a phenomenal week and we'll talk soon. Just get started.